0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Uh, Also want to welcome everybody. We've got a slew of people watching online this morning. And uh, thank you guys for for being a part as well. So the goal of today, uh, we decided um, back a few months ago that, um, you know, we've got all these ministries that we support as a church that you guys support Uh, every month uh, through Church of the Harvest, through your giving, and um, we realized we've never really just highlighted them. We've never really just talked about them. You know, once a year, Dr. Leon comes through from from Global Ministries and Relief, and, uh, you know, David Vincent's been in, you know, once before, but we, we were like, you know, we really need to take a Sunday, and we need to celebrate what God is doing, because we're a part of it. Say, I'm a part of it. I'm a part of it. Do you believe it? And so we wanted to talk about eight different ministries, and that's what we just kind of want to get started with today. And so we thought we would start, the first one, uh, we actually came in and we, we tagged in a little late because we got to thinking, you know, we really need to, we really need to highlight Hope House. Hope House is a ministry of Church of the Harvest, and we want to invite Miss, uh, Miss Sarah Schuler to, to come up, and, Faith. and, Faith and Miss Fade Lester to come on up, and they are going to talk about a ministry that was founded out of Church of the Harvest, it's in Carville, and, uh, and what is going on with Hope House today. So y'all give them a hand.
1: Thank you very much. I haven't used a microphone for a long time. You are good. Thanks. So I'm not a member here, but I visit off and on. So you might recognize my face, but Faith um, is a regular attender. And so she is the point of contact for um, Church of the Harvest. So we've been with Hope House for about five years, I believe. And it was started with um, Wendy Conrad. You probably remember Wendy, who was a, um, a member here. And um, she had a vision to go out and, and help the needy of um, people of Collierville. But she wasn't quite sure where that was. And she came in contact with um, Lynn Klein who is the owner of the Collierville Trailer Park. And they both got together and decided to take a trailer, um, an open trailer at the park, and make it into a ministry trailer. And so it started out very small. Just a few of us came and um, we just started out praying and worshiping. And um, Wendy started doing some ministries there, like she, she had a garden and she had a clothes closet at one point and um, did some vacation Bible schools with the children there. Um, and then eventually um, more women started coming to the, the Wednesday morning um, meeting and we just, um, we just surrendered it to the Lord and we'd spend... Maybe forty-five minutes praising God with wor- worship and music, and we would do prayer ministry. And I'm um, just kind of let the Lord lead um, those sessions for a while, and um, and then eventually um, Wendy left, and, and Carmen took over for a while, um, and then I came after Carmen. But um, we're still doing the same thing. We we get together every morning, and we um we just spend the time in, in worship and praising God, and, and kind of let Him lead the minute the um, the ministry there. Um, Different women come in that need um, a lot of freedom counseling. Uh, we have women that come in with um, addiction problems. And and we'll just work on loving them and and teaching them principles of freedom in Christ. And um, last fall we did the um, the SOZO program out of Bethel, which is uh, the Saved, Healed, and Delivered training program, which really teaches you how to... Um, have your own tools for getting free and so so the women there are being equipped in becoming free in Christ and then with those with those tools you, they can help other people in their life to um to go out and get further freedom and um the the one woman I'm thinking of that really has um that changed a lot is is she she initially shared with us that she had a drinking problem and um, she was very ashamed of it, and sometimes it would keep her away from coming, and she wouldn't come. And we'd keep reaching out to her, and um, you know, just checking on her. And and um, a couple weeks ago, she came, and she said, you know, um, it used to be that I would, um, you know, I would drink, and I'd feel guilty, and I wouldn't come to Hope House. But God has taught me to get rid of that shame, and I and I came anyway, despite that, that I. You know, wasn't feeling worthy to come, and so I just believe it's the um, the loving the women there and offering the grace of, of Christ that that women feel that they can come there and not be judged and just um, learn what it means to walk in freedom with Christ. And um, it's just been like a it's just been it's become a family for a lot of us to come there every morning and and um get together and worship. And um, I don't know, if Faith, do you have anything you want to say? Um.
2: I would just say it's very multifaceted. Um, it started out um, for the for the trailer park and helping bringing the trailer park up to code because Collierville wanted to shut the trailer park down. And so um, getting to know the, the people there it was an issue of uh, trust. Um, a lot of them are Hispanics, and they had to uh, come to trust us uh, before they would let us in and let us minister to them. Um, the... Uh, we tried with the parents a lot, and that didn't work. So we started a Tuesday night, uh, started as a Bible study, uh, treasure seekers for the kids. And that still goes on today, every Tuesday night, not just a summer Bible Bible study, and which led the mothers, in them, along with helping, brought a level of trust where, where we can now minister to them and help them, along with helping some more elderly people that live there get to their doctors, uh, love on them. Um, Hope House is... a is, uh, like I said, it's a it's a home for all of us that, that attend there. Um, if any of us, I know several of us, and when we're having a hard time ourselves, we just go to Hope House because His presence is in that place. There's healing in that house uh, at Hope House, and um, and like I said, and He's but it turned into also ministering to women that are going through hard times and um, and and feeding outside of the trailer park. So it's just God is really expanding it, and and we have expanded so. Hope House is my heart.
0: (laughs) It's good. Y'all give them a hand. Certainly appreciate all that all that they are doing, and uh, and thankful for that. And I'm sure um, they can use some help. If uh, if you have a a heart for that ministry and feel drawn to it, encourage you to, to reach out to them. So that is Hope House. Second ministry we wanted to feature today is ARC. And some of you may or may not know that we are actually a member of ARC, the Association of Related Churches. And we did this a number of years back um, for a couple of reasons. But one of the primary reasons was we love their heart. Their heart is about planting churches. They plant churches all over the world. As a matter of fact, go ahead and put up that, that slide of stats. I th- no, the, the slide of stats. There you go. Yep. Stats. <laughs> it's the slide. There you go. There you go. There's their stats for 2017, and this is what you guys are a part of. Your giving is going into this. 120 churches planted last year all over. They spend months and months and months equipping uh, young men and women who feel called to ministry, and actually funding their church plants for the first year. It's incredible. It's incredible what all they're doing. But that is something that you guys are totally part of and that's why we loved it that's why we wanted to join up with them and be a part of what they were doing because how many of you know the church is the hope of the world so there we've got a quick video um that has a recap in it and want you guys to take a look at this right quick
3: i know when billy hornsby founded this he had a dream in his heart to help resource couples as they go into a community and reach people through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here we are, 16 years later, 700 church. Matter of fact, this year with the over 120 that we planted, uh, we were able to plant right at 733 as our mark now. 733 churches going into community, offering the good news of Jesus Christ. They've made space for the next group of guys, the next group of women that want to come in and do something great for God. And their ability to make room and to share and to resource is like no one else I think I've ever seen in, in, in my lifetime. If someone asked me why ARC, I would tell them because ARC is about friendship. ARC is about relationship. ARC is about not doing ministry.
0: So that is ARC. And yeah, lights. Awesome, awesome. It's my son back there. I can totally pick on him. <laughs> Actually, I told him I would. Um, so, guys, it is, it is certainly uh, a pleasure to be part of Ark. And, like I said, that is something that you guys are contributing to uh, every single month through your tithes and offerings, through church plants all over the world, people hearing the good news of Jesus. So, let's give Ark a hand this morning, what God's doing through it.
4: Kind of excited the if Pam, if you want to go ahead and come up, the the next ministry we want to highlight is actually Joseph's Coat Ministry. And um, how do you guys remember Lou and Cynthia Chelley? Um they're actually in Florida now, but they're still part of our family and close and um They
0: are still family.
4: They are definitely still family. So we're gonna let Pam share a little bit about their ministry. I don't
0: know. Please. You're good. Just hold it on up. There you go.
5: I'll not okay. I'll probably talk about we instead of Lou and Cynthia. However, um, Lou started in Africa in 2001 through Christ the Rock, and he was asked to go over there with Phil Beekler to see what they could do for some um, Bible um, ministry churches over there. They had a Bible school and were asking Christ the Rock's help and Lou went over there to see what he could do for that. What he fell in love with was the concept of the community schools in Zambia. The um, Zambian country had, there. let's see, in 2001 there were 1.2 orphans, million orphans in Zambia, mostly due to their parents' Dying of AIDS. Mm -hmm. Um, To educate these orphans, the government had decided to separate the community, the school system into community schools, and they were to, um, each community, compound, bush school was to educate their own children through the seventh grade, and this was in the English system. Then after that, if the children could pass it so they could go forward, but then they had to pay tuition. So the this was a great concept, but it was not workable because the kids wouldn't come. They had work to do, especially in the bush. They had to go get water, they had to do all of the other things that it took to keep a family alive. And Then also, um, they were foraging for food. Well, so Lou had the idea, let's feed these kids. And um, that's when um, Joseph's Coat really was formulated. And Lou and Cynthia committed their lives to the Zambian orphan children. And uh, since then, Lou has made 28 trips to Zambia. They have, I'm sorry, I have to read what they've done. They've built schools. They've given, and, and we're part of this. They, we've given numerous hammer mills to communities, uh, dug boreholes, um, farming implements and seeding, and been feeding and educating over 2,000 children a day. They formulated with, or they uh, coupled up with uh, Dave and Connie Keating, who had been called to Zambia, and um, it, when it got so expensive to travel to Zambia, the, um, the Keatings were there to um, administer all of this. They came across um, Kids Against Hunger who had formulated this fortified vegetarian rice-soy mix. And if you'll see the pictures back there, yeah, that in their hands they eat it like a... I don't know what do they eat it like. Yeah, but they eat it with their hands. And um, it gives them a daily allowance of vitamins that they never were getting. And... um, Then, in 2015, just before or just as, they were about to open a discipleship training complex that would have enabled them to take the young men and women coming out of the advanced school system but still did not have any kind of vocation or uh, things to do that needed to be done in a country that doesn't, that's a third world country. Right. They had a discipleship training um, school that they were going to teach farming. They were going to teach sowing. They were going to teach some of these things that needed to be done as well as ministry. And that way the young people of... Zambia could go in and minister to their own. There was a takeover, and the Keatings lost half of their personal funds that they had put in. Uh, Joseph's coat really didn't lose money because we were buying the food, and the food did get dissembled. However, now it has been resolved, and things are getting... um, They've received a verdict, things are getting back on track, and uh, they are committed to a fresh start and will stay focused on the vision God has given us that by the Spirit, the children have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which they cry out, Abba, Father.
6: Amen.
4: I encourage you guys, definitely go out and see her board. Um, it's got some pictures of actually a couple trips that have people in the church that have gone at different times. And so it'll just be kind of fun for you to see those. And we got
0: to see that firsthand a number of years ago. Sean and I and Lauren were down there and, and a few others. Uh, David uh, Myers was there who you saw playing bass. He's been out there with Joseph's coat and, and uh, seeing all this, this ministry going on firsthand. It's incredible. You see them feeding 2,000 kids a day. That's, that's pretty daunting, pretty daunting task that only God could do. Amen? Next ministry we want to highlight that we support monthly is Compassion International. And we know we've featured this the last couple of years, and actually the ones that support this monthly in our church is our children's department. They sponsor a child. Um, Our local Compassion Compassion International uh, spokesman, Zach Davis, and elder slash teacher slash financial advisor... um, is going to speak to us for just a minute about Compassion.
7: I have a minute now. That's awesome. So um, I have a video to show you, believe it or not. I love to talk, but it's the best way to encapsulate what Compassion International does and how it makes them different from any other sponsorship organization in the world. And I want to tell you these two things first. 2.5 billion, with a B, people live on less than $2.50 a day. 2.5 billion people live on less than $2.50 a day. And every hour, 8,000 plus children die from hunger-related causes. So with that said, I want you to watch this video.
8: The church is God's hope for the world. And right now, there are over 400 million children across the world living in extreme poverty. 400 million children in need of hope. This is why Compassion International exists. For over 60 years, Compassion has partnered with the church to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. At its core, Compassion is a child development organization that cares for children in poverty through child sponsorship. But this kind of sponsorship looks different with Compassion. So what does different look like? First, it looks like the church working together. We partner with churches in the US to sponsor children, and with over 6,000 churches in developing nations to deliver resources and programming to those children throughout their entire childhood. This kind of sponsorship looks like relationship. Compassion connects one child with one sponsor to help the child achieve his or her God-given potential. The relational investment made through a sponsor's letter to their child is often the thing that helps that child believe that they don't have to live in poverty forever. This kind of sponsorship looks like holistic care. Children sponsored through Compassion receive physical care, educational care, social care, and most importantly, spiritual care, all from their local church. In the last year alone, over 125,000 children made first-time decisions to follow Jesus. That's one every four minutes. And for your church, this kind of sponsorship looks like the Great Commission. By partnering with Compassion, your entire church is equipped to serve as global missionaries. And the result is that powerful transformation takes place on both sides. Children meet Jesus and are discipled in a local church. And here in the U.S., sponsors in your church become more globally aware, more engaged, and more generous. This is what sponsorship with Compassion looks like.
7: So as that's wrapping up. The key thing I want you to know with Compassion International is they are the largest sponsorship organization that sponsors through the local church. So when they start a Compassion Center, it's through the church in each country. That's very unusual compared to a lot of the large uh, organizations like United Way, Samaritan's Purse, um, World Vision. All of those work with governments too. Compassion only works through the local church. And it's, they want to, look, release children from poverty in Jesus' name. My wife and I, for the last 14 years, have had the privilege of now sponsoring a total of 10 children. And what I'm asking is for about a dollar a day, would each person here consider sponsoring a children, sponsoring a child? Barik needs a sponsor. Gabriel needs a sponsor. Karen needs a sponsor. Sonia needs a sponsor. And we have many more. Let's be the change that Christ wants us to be in the world. Thank you for your time.
0: Amen. All right. Next, we want to highlight um, Global Ministries and Relief. Some of you know Dr. Leanne Ro- Van Royen, one of our overseers here at Church of the Harvest. You can clap for him. Yeah. Um, and... Um, I actually, he ended up, uh, just he just recorded a, a quick video a couple of days ago at his house for us, so why don't you go ahead and show that,
9: Aaron? Just today, I received a check from Church of the Harvest, which I receive every single month in the way of your partnership with Global Ministries and Relief. I want to thank Pastors Bob and Ellen, Pastors Robin, Sean, and the rest of the leadership team, and the members of the Church of the Harvest for your generosity and for the way that you so faithfully sow into global ministries and relief. I'd like to share with you a very brief overview of some of the things that we're doing. When I say brief, it really is just a snapshot of a few of the areas. We are doing a great work, a large work, uh, touching so many areas of ministry. This year alone in India, our missionaries have already established over 25 schools of ministry now I say that with bearing in mind that Church of the Harvest was our very first school of ministry as many of you know and some of you have graduated and some of you are doing our materials these um, schools of ministry are operating exactly the same except we intensify it and we get it through in a year by them coming multiple times in the week But the same materials that you're studying, we are doing in um, Marathi, Hindi and uh, Telugu as well as in different states within India. This year, over 25 schools. Last year, over 45 schools. That's remarkable. I think this year we'll launch probably about 75 to 100 new schools of ministry in India alone that is huge and you know the one million student goal that I have we're well on the way to it but it is quite possible that just from India we would reach 500,000 students in the next few years. We've also launched into Spanish, Mexico, Panama, Colombia, Honduras, schools of ministry. We're running with the vision to expand into the Latino nations. All our books are translated and we are running with that. Just today, I I was invited to Barbados. We have a school getting ready for its first graduation, and so we are also working in uh, the uh, West Indies Islands, and we have an apostle and his churches that we're working with, and that's another huge area of breakthrough for us. In terms of Africa, our schools are ongoing, university is ongoing. We've also launched schools of ministry into, uh, believe it or not, into Israel, and those are doing great, as well as in Turkey, and we are moving ahead there as well. We're also renegotiating to launch a school back into Egypt, so be praying for that. I'd love to get into these nations that are closed to the gospel and to Bible training but nothing, there is no wall, there is no force stronger than the power of God's love that will transcend all these blockages and allow the word to get into these nations. In terms of humanitarian relief, we are working in India as well, frontline evangelism in India, in Africa, and ongoing carrying the message of revival to the nations. I leave very soon to Africa, we will go train missionaries as well as train leaders and do some frontline evangelism in that great continent as well. Hence, love Africa or I always carry Africa in my heart and so we work in there. So these are some of the things that we're doing. Thanks again for your support, your partnership. Be praying for us. Love all of your leaders and pastors and the members of that church, and I look forward to being with you later on in this year. God bless you all. Bye-bye. I
4: want to give a personal, something that just kind of came to my mind. Um, He's putting a picture up here. Rob and I had the opportunity to actually be with um, Dr. Leon last month, actually, and got to have lunch with him. But something in that moment I just felt like the Lord just shared with me is he manages and leads global ministries and relief, but it is only because what he does in his personal life that makes that succeed. And so what you see right here is actually motion. Um, is Dr. Leon, and um, we were in his house, and um, he had just walked down the street, and he came back up, and he's like, Bridge, and that's the name of his wife. And he said, now, I haven't seen our Indian neighbor in a while, and she's walking uh, barefoot down the cove. Should we be concerned about that? I think she had
0: Alzheimer's.: And
4: she had Alzheimer's, um, and her kids take care of her, and Bridge is like, "Ooh, yes, absolutely." And so he immediately went back out there, went down the street and assisted her back to her house. And I was like, "Man, what a testimony of just being Christ." Right where you're planted. And I just want to encourage you guys. I mean, he is the real deal. He doesn't even know we took this picture. Took we were pur- pulling out in the car, and Rob's like, I got to get that. <laughs> and thanks for iPhones, and he just clicked it. But you know, his minute, you guys are a result and you're giving of everything. But he is definitely a man of God that um, obeys when the Lord speaks. And hopefully that's an encouragement for us to do the same as we are the body. And as Pastor Rob said earlier about, you know, sharing Christ and what he's done in our life with others.
0: And Dr. Leon is reaching people all over the world. He does have teams and, and bases and churches and schools all over the world. And we've seen a little bit of that, been to Africa and such with him and, and seen the work that he's doing. But um, just incredible ministry. And he'll be here, I think, in August. And I uh, encourage you guys to, to not miss that. But this is, um, this is one of the, one of those ministries that... We just we had to get behind and support right right from the really the very beginning of the church, and so um, so anyway we definitely love them and all that they're doing. And so
4: speaking of what he's done, this next ministry that we're going to highlight, um, the founders of it actually became saved in his youth group.
0: Actually, what happened? Go ahead and put up the Overland slide there for me. Uh, how many of you remember Dave Smith who spoke here uh, last year? Dave. Um, y'all know his evangelistic heart. He was, uh, he was ministering in schools, and, and hundreds and thousands of kids were coming to Christ in South Africa. And um, a young man by the name of uh, Dave Smithhurst gave his life to the Lord. And so, uh, so Dr. Leon started, or um, I'm sorry, Dave, uh, who had been doing the evangelism, was trying to find a place for all these young people. Uh, where, where could they go? And so he found this church by this young guy. This young guy was pastor named Leon Van Royen. And he he brought uh, Phil and all those other students uh, into um, into Leon's church, and it exploded overnight. And uh, and Phil has become a good friend of ours, a good friend of Church of the Harvest. And he founded Overland Missions. And um, and actually, let's just start with the with the video. Uh, this is their their uh, annual video that shows what they did in 2017. missions. um, You know, I've been on a few trips with them, and um, actually Mike and Missy met back there in the back. Y'all wave at everybody. Mike and Missy met on the Amazon River with Overland Missions uh, back in 2002, I believe. believe. Um, Man, we were on a riverboat for almost a month traveling up the Amazon, seeing what ministry opportunities there were, going from village to village, and and, uh, and they now go um, multiple times a year. They have teams that take riverboats up the river and, and just minister the gospel. But uh, the thing I love about Overland is they will go anywhere, they, their theme, anywhere, any road, any load, any time. They go anywhere in the world, the Lord tells them to go. They go into war-torn areas, areas that are dangerous. and they, they'll go wherever they need to go to, uh, to share the love of Jesus. So I, I had one more thing I want to show before we, before we wrap that up. Uh, Phil and Sharon, I, 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 talked, to, uh, I talked to them. Um, well, a couple of weeks ago. And then uh, Phil, a few days ago, recorded a, a quick video for you guys. So if you would show that right quick, Aaron.
10: The harvest. Uh, start start it again for me real quick there, Aaron. And your- Got the volume up. Hi, Church of the Harvest. Uh, we want to thank you for your support and your partnership with Overland Missions. And I just want to give you a quick report of our team and how we're doing in the nation's Uh, We had a Paramount chief recently introduce us in a meeting in the border of DRC Congo and Angola. And um, I just remember how he introduced me to the other chiefs. There were about 20 chiefs there from Angola and Congo. And he was opening the door for us and he said, he introduced us this way. He said to the other chiefs, he said, These people from Overland Missions don't come and give you shoes and give you food. These people fix our broken identity. And, um, you know, it was that, in those moments that you realize that you're actually winning, that the gospel is the answer. That, um, that, that deploying people with the message that touch the lives of other people is the most important thing. And um, in Overland Missions at the moment, we have offices and a logistical bases in 12 countries now. A lot more since I was there last and um, we have over 150 missionaries staffing those offices around the world with volunteers and and um, indigenous teams all over those countries so we just want to thank God for you and celebrate I guess some of the great victories that we've been having and seeing and you share in every one of those and so we love you and we thank you we, we encourage you to continue your support to us it's a winning team, and, um, and even though it's a struggle at times, we are making massive headway in the nations, and we appreciate your help. We love you. God bless you. Hope to see
0: you soon. Bye bye.
1: Bye.
0: All right. So, Overland Missions. Phil and Sharon Smithers. was talking to to Phil a couple of weeks ago about about coming in in the next year or so, and. And uh, sharing some updates with us. But that's Overland. And so these, we've shared about Hope House, our uh, local ministry started at Church of the Harvest. And we shared um, some of our foreign um, missions and different things that we're doing. Now I want to share a couple of our local, what we're doing here in the Memphis area. And so I want to start by talking about Warrior Center and Breakthrough Center. So if David Vincent would come up and, and your guests that you have with you. Yeah, come on, man. And uh, I'm not going to take any more of their time. I'll let... Uh, go ahead and turn it over to turn it over to him.
3: All right. Well, it's a great to be here. Uh, David Vincent with the Warrior Center and we just want to thank uh, Church of the Harvest for all their support. Over the years, you know, uh, they say, you know, a special church does some great things in its walls, you know, that's it with the families and the people of the church, but uh, it doesn't stop there. They also reach out into the community and even across the nations. And I just want to uh, say thank you, uh, Pastor Bob and Church of the Harvest, for doing that. Because our ministry, we started in the early 2000s, but uh, we've been uh, connected with this church. God has connected us with our, this church early on. Early on, uh, I didn't know what I was doing, I still don't all the time, but in the beginning, i really didn 't know what I was doing, but there was a member of your church named uh, Brother Jack Stewart, if anybody remembers him and, and Jack was a member of the church, and y'all were at the old location and and uh, we were taking homeless men in, into a home and, and Brother Jack uh, was you know fired up member of, of Church of the Harvest, and he started coming out every day and working with our men and helping and he would, he was even Some of our, this is great, um, Pastor Bob will love this, some of our first ministry to the guys was we were playing these these cassette tapes from Church of the Harvest and Pastor Bob. Now I know everybody in here doesn't know what a cassette tape is. It's this little white box, and you stick it in another box, and this brown tape runs around and plays to you. and And so, uh, some of our first ministry was playing uh, some of uh, Pastor Bob's tapes in the you know in in the early two thousands there. But but um, you know through through uh, Brother Jack, I uh, came to know um, Pastor Bob. Pastor Bob was always just so kind to me and encouraging, and was a blessing. And over the years, uh, really became a pastor to me. And there's even times where you know I'd be going through a rough time. I'll get a text, you know, and, and like last night, no, just kidding. Um, but, you know, I'll get the text, and Pastor Bob says he's praying for us and everything. else. So, so Pastor Bob has, has been a wonderful blessing to me and our ministries, and this church has too. So I just want to thank you uh, for, for being an awesome church. Amen. But what the Warrior Center does is uh, um, since 2000, October 2000, we've ran a, a, a Christian-based program. It's a one-year program. We reach out to men and women who are battling addiction. Homelessness, uh, the you know issues in the criminal justice system, or any life-controlling problems, and what we're doing is is through a long-term program discipling them and leading them to Christ. Amen. And we know that uh, he is the way and truth of life and and you can't be so low that he can't reach you. Amen. And so we're preaching that message and and doing the best we can to show uh, people another way. Well, uh, the Warrior Center is now 18 years. Can't believe that old. About three years ago, we we started a women's facility. It's called the Breakthrough Center for Women. It's right here in the backyard in Olive Branch and uh, it's a 20-bed facility uh, for women some of our ladies are here this morning visiting with you guys so and it's it's now three years old and and doing great and God's doing a lot of great work but we thought we would um, have you, give you the chance to hear from a, uh, a couple people uh, and brag on the Lord and and brag on them and, and see what what, uh, what God has done so this is miss Holly Phillips she's a recent graduate of the breakthrough Center has a powerful testimony I want her to share a few minutes
11: hey I had to write it down again, because I'm not my, I can't do it by memory, so. Um, I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I was adopted, so um, my biological mother, at about five years ago, died from a heroin overdose. Um, I have two brothers, Steve and Tim. My brother Steve is currently at the Warrior Center now. We finally got him back from Florida after about six years of being out, and he's currently back at the Warrior Center. He was a warrior before um, Over the years, I struggled with the loss of my father, to whom which my brother Steve found him on the, on the couch, who suffered from alcoholism and cocaine addiction. Uh, my family seemed to run rampant with alcoholism and drug addiction, Um, By the age of 13, I ended up pregnant, full of rage, confusion, mistrust, and sadness like most kids. I found uh, very unhealthy outlets for that emotions that I didn't know how to express. When I became pregnant, my mother in Mississippi, they didn't, you weren't allowed to make decisions on how you handled things like that. So my mother made the decision for me to have abortion. And... As a child, I was a daddy's girl, so um, when he died the day before my fifth birthday, I struggled with that for a long time, and as the behaviors bled into my later years as an adult, it landed me in one bad relationship after another, Um, always being abused, used. I was molested as a child. And I was raped as an adult, so that had a strong bearing on my character and how I expressed myself. Later on, I met my ex-husband, and I had a daughter and a son. For a long time, I did well, but then everything that I'd stuffed down started to rear its ugly head once again. Then I ended up in prison for drug charges. I had cell charges receiving stolen property. I did about 18 months, ended up in Rankin County in Mississippi. And I got out, thought I was going to do good, but that ended up spiraling out of control again. The same pattern once again, time after time, come back. And when I came back this time, I ended up doing heroin, methamphetamines and crack cocaine, shooting it. Everything I thought I would never do and had criticized others for doing, I had started doing it myself. I came to a point of brokenness. And that's when I ended up at the Breakthrough Center October 1st, 2016. Since I had never wanted to stay there, because when I came in, I said, oh, I'm not going to stay. I'm just going to do what I got to do and get out. I'm not going to let this ministry be a crutch for me. around month nine, I knew in my heart that God was speaking to me. He said, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. There was a fire that burned in me for ministry work that far outweighed anything the world could ever give me. I can't lie to you and say that every day is a cakewalk because it's not. God said there will be trials and tribulations, though if we are faithful, he's faithful to never forsake us. You must die to self daily and let God allow you to use what he allows you to keep. Since I've graduated November 6, 2018, I've stayed on with the Breakthrough Center working as nighttime management during the week. Doing administrative work and helping to fill in whenever and however that I can. I make myself available. I also actively try and help mentor people and the ladies at the Breakthrough Center. I'm an active member at Cross Point Church. I want nothing more than to continue to be a mirror image of God's grace and mercy because without Him, we're nothing. That is how it has to be, and He has to be first, even above your children. I know in my heart that God speaks to me and lets me know that I am everything. I'm a daughter of the Most High King. I've been clean and sober for 18 months now. This verse speaks to me and then I'll be done. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9. But we have this treasure in our earthly vessels that the excellence of the power we may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed. We are we are perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed.
3: Amen. Amen. So you know, definitely Holly is a beautiful trophy of, of, of grace for God. Amen. And and uh just wanna, you know, brag on the Lord and brag on her a little bit since she 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 came, you know, God did something really special in her heart and uh, she's just uh you know a, a true warrior. She's on fire for the Lord and, and really she graduated the program, I think you said last November and um and just really felt really a call to ministry and wanting to serve and 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 really wanting God to to use her and use everything she's went through to reach out and touch other women. So we're gra- glad to have her own staff. She continues to grow and just be a blessing to so many. So let's give Holly one more big hand. Amen. <laughs> Next, go ahead. Next, um, I would like this is uh, Casey Carpenter and uh, Casey is a graduate of the Warrior Center and he's just going to share a little of his testimony. Okay.
12: Um, I'm a military brat, so grew up with a father in the Navy. Uh, He's an alcoholic. Um, Grew up, he kind of, when he came home from being overseas, he was always drunk, so real abusive towards my brother and I, and I grew up with my grandparents. You know, going into fifth grade, custody got taken away from my parents, and I grew up with my grandparents, I I wet the bed up till fifth grade, which is kind of embarrassing to say, but that's kind of what happens in abusive homes. But I was very, very wild. And I I went into a situation with my grandparents who were Christian. So I was in a loving home for a while. But I even went on mission trips in middle school. And going into that, I got molested by a Christian missionary. So at that point, my family didn't believe me. About the man that was doing that thought it was I was giving excuses about my behavior um so I became very, very angry um and felt very isolated from like my father blah blah you know all that stuff, but uh, I ended up running with the the wrong kind of people um gangs uh, drug dealers, and became involved in uh like drug running for a little bit just as a teenager, and when I uh, turned 18, I got kicked out and moved to California, got very involved with uh, ecstasy and partying, but selling drugs, but I always knew God existed, and uh, there was always, like, I knew I was supposed to be doing something better, so I tried to run from that, but then running away from that, then I lost all my connections if that makes sense, so I got involved with Grand Theft Auto, and that ultimately brought me to Memphis, and uh, where I didn't know how to get away from the police anymore, because I'm not from here, so (laughs) it's hard to run when you don't know where you're running, and (laughs) so ultimately, Ended up in a high-speed chase going from Shelby County to Tipton County, totaled the car. And honestly, I think it's God saved my life uh, because the car flipped sideways, just going 80 miles per hour through the woods. And uh, it's at that point when I read the Bible, like I truly read the Bible for the first time, and I fell in love with the words that Jesus said. And like Luke 6, y'all should read it at the end of the church, Luke 6, 21 to the very end of the chapter. Um, At the very end, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, not do the things that I say? So when I was in jail, I asked God to make me like one of his disciples. So that pretty much uh, led me to the doorstep of the Warrior Center. And I wanted to go there. I wasn't court ordered. Um, We get court ordered people. But I wanted to go there because they had a year-long discipleship program. And being there. It's required of us to quote 50 scriptures. I went beyond that. I've memorized chapters out of the Bible. Um, It's it's not just about bragging about it. It's just you fall in love with the Word of God, and you're in an environment with um, we do military structure, so we have military discipline, a 28-day spiritual boot camp, in which I'm working with the men now, uh, interim basis, But... um, Being there woke up the passion for God. See, when you realize that there's a creator and that that he, like, made everything around us and he wants to be in relationship with you, that radically changes everything about life. If you believe in the Bible or if you don't, I mean, that's something entirely different, but if you actually believe there's a God, that should call for a radical change in everyone's life. And I believe the creator wants to be in relationship. He's not only the creator, he's king, he's your daddy. So that knowing that changed everything about me. And for years now, I graduated in 2013. I've been volunteering with the Warrior Center. I ended up going home to Virginia saying I'd never come back to Memphis. Came back last year to do urban ministry and uh, got hired on at the Warrior Center end of Thanksgiving. And uh, my goal by being there is to reach out to men and let them know that God can change everything about who they are and give them a new lifeline. So that's what happened at the warrior center for me. And I'm, I'm glad to be here today. good. Amen.
3: Uh, a, a couple final, uh, you final know, words, you know, Casey is, you know, he's a graduate graduate. He's on staff. He's also in, in Bible school. Now he's in downline, downline Bible school in Memphis. He's a part of that about to go. He's going through their program. And, uh, and he got me a piece of candy here. Thank you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, but he was nervous. He said he only wanted to talk for three minutes. He actually got fired up and talked longer. It took some of my time. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, I just want to, um, uh, you know, this is a picture of what God can do, Amen. And and if you knew Casey when he came in, he was a hurt, wounded, uh, broken person. You can see his full video testimony on our website, WarriorCenter.org. But uh, but good, but God's done a lot in him. He's now committed to ministries. He he wants to serve in ministry. He's serving at the Warrior Center. He's in Bible school. He's just a just a transformation so huge. Only the Lord could do something like that, Amen. So thank y'all for uh, having us today. Thank you for uh, your your help. Do you know anybody? You know um, you um, you know ever needs help, you know, there's some information um, in the back, you know, to refer you. We also, I didn't forget to mention, you know, our women's center is right here in Olive Branch. We do have a thrift store, uptown thrift store uh, there in the the square in Olive Branch. We do take donations of, you know, goods to help support that. Thank y'all very much. Thank you, Pastor Bob.
0: All right. And we're going to conclude today talking about Lighthouse and Brad Bowie is here, but we're going to start by showing a quick video that he's got and then he's going to come up and share.
3: I've been a long time alcoholic my whole life and a drug user and a liar and a thief. And uh, it was only through the power of Christ that I was able to realize that we could really.
6: Search and get a little worn down in like a bull chasing the matadors. a man left his own schemes. everybody
13: needs you know since I've been in safe harbor you know it slowed me down it gave me time to grasp my life it brought me back to knowing God it, it stripped everything away from me that I knew from the streets and Brought God back to my life. I've got I've got my kids back.
6: like a from the sea. Brother,
7: Tennessee. Um program here is great, uh, helps get everyone back on their feet. I know it has myself uh, got me back to work. I'm drug free, um, so we're clean and living for God more than I ever have.
5: Face down in the desert now, there's a cage locked around my heart. I found a way to drop the keys when my failures were, now my hands can't reach that far. For rivalry I can never take the world alone I know that in my weakness I am strong but it's you love that brings me home
6: it's
12: a wonderful program it's done a lot for me it's it's really put me back on track I'm 35 years old and you know, I've been an addict for 20 years and This program has provided me with the tools that I need to live the rest of my life clean and sober. It's also put me back to work, um, got me in touch with my family, and just continues blessing me every day.
11: For giving me this opportunity to be able
12: to have my baby in be able to be a mama. That's something that's always I've always wanted to be. I've always wanted to be a mom. And they're giving me this chance. God has given
6: me this chance. <laughs>
13: Hi, my name is Brad Bowie, and I'm the President of the Lighthouse Safe Harbor Program. Thank you for taking this time to watch this video to learn more about our programs. Lighthouse is a six-month residential program that seeks to end the root cause of homelessness. When we started our program, we didn't want one that just fed or just clothed or just offered shelter. We wanted one that would be an end-all to everything that a person was going through in their life. We live by a Jewish proverb here at the Lighthouse that says this, if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for today. But if you can teach a man how to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. And at the Lighthouse, we we seek to teach our men and women how to fish so that they can eat for a lifetime. So they can get the life skills necessary to be the men and women that God created them to be. You see, I believe that I can fix every major problem in America by putting a real man of God in every home. And I believe that together we can do that. Will you help us? the blood of my
6: blood. We can get through it all.
0: Well, guys, over the last couple years, I've gotten to know Brad, and Brad's become a good friend, and I I truly believe in what he's doing and uh, the vision that God's given actually your dad and and you, and I just wanted to give him a few minutes to discuss that with you.
13: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Rob and Pastor Bob and and, uh, congregation for what you do. I want you to know that you're a spoiled church. I've been, in, I've been around church for a long time. I've been in a lot of churches. No church wants to give every month. They just don't want to do it. They want to call me what they're doing, but I at Thanksgiving and show up with their big camera while they're serving in my kitchen and show everybody what they're doing, but I don't hear from them the other 10 months out of the year. Am I right, David? That's right. You guys are spoiled. I'm blown away at the ministries that this church supports. This is not the norm. You're part of something special, and I want you to know that this morning. You're part of something special, and that is absolutely a big deal. Do not take that for granted. Um, and, the, and the other leaders that are here in these ministries, I was blown away at all the different ministries here in the area. I think you get, um, we as ministry leaders get so tied up in what it is we do every day. We don't notice everything going up around us. Thank you for your yes. Thank you for believing that you can make a difference in the darkness of this world <laughs> through the power of Christ. Amen. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Because I know because I live that every day, many of you face those days where you just want to give up and you want to throw in the towel and say, The heck with this. What am I doing? Why am I fighting all this stuff? But you continue to say yes every day to the call that's upon your life, and that is a big deal. Thank you for that. Amen. All right. Well, enough about that. I'm supposed to be talking about Lighthouse, I think, right? Um, <laughs> I, I remember... Uh, there was a picture there in that, in that video that showed uh, us having an Easter service under the bridge. That was the bridge. That's the bridge that was outside of my father's church there on Jackson Avenue across from the National Cemetery, for those that are familiar with that area. Um, back in 1993, when we moved into that building, I was in high school, and I remember going out there, and, and we would go under the bridge, and we would feed these men and women, and, and pray for them. And there was, some of them would come to church, and we would baptize them. And we felt so good about what we were doing as a church. And, and we all went home, and then we'd come back the next Sunday, and they were there under the bridge still, and they're drunk again, and they're, and they're high again. And, and I remember one of, the, one of the deacons saying, "Well, who prayed for that fellow?" And I'm like, I don't know. I think it was Joe. Well, you know how Joe is. Bring him over here and let me pray for him. And so, you know, we're praying for him, and then it happened again. And, well, did they speak in tongues and, you know, all this stupid junk that we do as, as church and religion? And, and what we found out in our men and women are going to is that they needed more than a prayer. I thank God that many of those men and women are going to uh, die and go to heaven because of the salvation and the blood that was shed upon the cross. But how many knows that we're here for more than just to see somebody go to heaven? Amen. That's a start. And I thank God for that. And that's a huge deal. And don't ever, don't ever think that it's not. But I believe that God wants something more right here on earth than what we're given just through that. I believe there's some hope that's supposed to be there in everything that we do. Amen. And so as you give and as you're a piece of this puzzle, I want to encourage you this morning because Paul would tell us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 that he was telling the, the, the church there at Corinth that because of your giving into the ministry that I am doing, you are, you are producing hope or producing thanksgiving in the people producing thanksgiving in the people. David would tell us in Psalms 100 that enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So in a way, by giving and by supporting and by b- being a part, you are opening the gate for thanksgiving and hope in so many people's lives around this world. As I watch these videos and seeing the thousands saved here and the 10,000 the 10, saved there over and over and over, what a great thing that it is that you are a part. As big or as small as that is, that is a big deal. And I want to say on behalf of Lighthouse, Thank you for that. Amen. Thank you for that. We have been doing this, like I said, since 1993. We, um, have a lot going on. We've got five locations. We've got 400 beds. We see about 1600 men and women that come through our program every single year. It is a six month residential program. When we were ministering to them under the bridge, they had nowhere to go. We, we, at that time in Memphis, David, I don't know where you were. I might be somewhere else in life, you know, making more money or doing something better if you had just started earlier. Um, What's up? Anyway, um, he was he was not there. I would look for him. And he was not there. We had nowhere to send these people. And so we started sleeping them in our Sunday school rooms. And, um, you know, and then the people got mad because we had people in our Sunday school rooms. And and would you believe that church people didn't want to go to church with folks like this? One woman's purse got stole. I think she had $10 in it. And you thought she lost $10 billion. We gave her 20 out of the offering plate just to make it better. She was still mad, you know. All kinds of things happen when you go to ministering to real people. Amen? Because there's a real life going on outside of our bubble. And we're called as men and women to influence that. And so as we searched the city of Memphis at that time, we couldn't find anybody that was doing long-term care. There was, there was ministries that were feeding, but they had to leave at 9 o'clock in the morning. There was soup lines all over Memphis. If there's somebody in Memphis that's hungry, um, that's not true. They might be hungry because they didn't show up. There's plenty of places to eat, um, and there's places to stay overnight. But there was nobody that at that time wanted to roll up their sleeves, get involved in their life, find out what was missing, help fill that gap through the power of Jesus Christ, the life skills necessary. Because, you see, I can take anybody and put them in a controlled environment and control their behavior. But if you can ever equip that person while they're in your controlled environment to go out into an environment that is not controlled and control their behavior then you've done something and let me explain something to you because most of you guys although you not up here maybe you didn't get abused or you're not haven't been drunk or high you got stuff going on in your life and you're having a hard time probably controlling your own behavior sometimes right let's just be honest with us yes y'all thank y'all Jesus second cousin I can see it in your face Uh, Pastor Bob is an awesome pastor, so I'm sure you're further down the road than some churches, but man. Anyways, so that's the thing. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to offer, and that's what we do at the Lighthouse every single day. So thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for your yes every time that you give, and thank you for the support of this church. We appreciate you guys. God bless you. How awesome is that?
0: Man, awesome. We support these ministries monthly, guys. You guys support these ministries monthly. And we, as um, the pastors and elders of the church, we thank you for allowing us to be able to do it. Amen? So we're talking about being a piece of the puzzle. Every time you give, you're a piece of the puzzle. Every time you serve, you're a piece of the puzzle. Every time you're here and you share a smile, you're a piece of the puzzle. And so I just want to take a second. I want everybody to bow their heads. Every head bowed. My question is, are you a piece of the puzzle? First and foremost, have you surrendered your life to Jesus? That's the first step. Can't be a part of the picture if you're disconnected, if you're off doing your own thing. If you think you know what's best, you got to get plugged in to the right power supply. And our power supply is Jesus Christ. He's the one, him, and through the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to do all that God's called us to do in this life. So if that's you and you would recognize that every head bowed, you would recognize that your life is not surrendered to Jesus. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to him. Maybe you've never said, Jesus, I want you to be Lord and master of my life. I want you to take control. No longer my way, but I'm going to do things your way. I surrender. I give up. I'm done trying to figure this out. That's you, and you would realize you've either you've never surrendered your life to Jesus before, or you realize that maybe you've gone to church your whole life, but you realize you're still in that boat. You've never truly surrendered your life to Jesus, and you recognize you need to today. Let me get you to lift your hand up high, right quick. Not ashamed. Yes. Lift up your hand up high, and take and look up at me when you raise your hand. Just catch catch eyes with me. Okay. Anybody else? Lift your hand and say, "I need to surrender my life to Jesus today." We're just briefly before we close. We're going to pray a prayer right quick, and. Guys, as I say every week, it's not about the prayer, it's about your heart. It's not about the words you say, it's about the position of your heart. You decide that you're going to follow Jesus all the days of your life, that he will become Lord, he will become master, but his way. If you're ready to do that, all you've got to do is say these words, mean it with all your heart, and believe that in that moment, he makes you a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things become new. It doesn't mean all your problems are solved, but it means you got the creator of the universe walking with you, and so everything's going to be okay. You're going to make it. You can walk with your head held high, and you can walk in joy and peace because of who you know has your back. Let's all say this together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. I thank you for sending Jesus. I'm so sorry for my failures, for my past, for the things I've held on to, for thinking I know what's best. But today I surrender. I give up. I'm done trying to make it on my own. Today, I ask you, Jesus, to be Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. I ask you to lead me and to guide me. Holy Spirit, fill me, empower me, to be everything that you've called me to be. I will follow you all the days of my life from this day forward in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Everybody give the Lord a hand this morning. Every time somebody surrenders their life to Christ, all of heaven rejoices together. Most important decision you can make in your life, and right at the end, in just a few minutes, we're going to ask our prayer partners to come up. And if you surrender your life to the Lord today, we ask you, as we dismiss service, come down and get with one of them and let one of our elders let them talk to you for a minute, let them pray with you, let them give you a little bit of direction, a little bit of guidance in Jesus' name. But here's, before we close, here's one of the last things we want to do. How many of you saw the puzzle out front? There's a picture of the church from last Sunday with the parking lot full. Oh, we had our, our guys, some of our ushers out in the parking lot directing traffic and different things. We had more people serve last Sunday than we've ever had served within our church family. Everybody was in the game. That's part of what it means to be part of the puzzle. It means to serve. It means to give. It means to be a part. And so here's what we want to do. I want to ask our elders to come down. And what we did was we actually printed a second puzzle. We're going to end with a worship song here in just a minute. Lauren wrote a song this week the Lord gave her. She shared it with us and we were like, that is awesome. That is perfect. I want you guys to worship to this. But first, as she starts this song, I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. And if you're a piece of the puzzle, I'm not talking about church harvest. I'm talking about the body of Christ, fully committed, fully surrendered, fully engaged. Fully engaged ready to do whatever it is that God's called you to do, I'm going to ask you to step out from your seat right now and come get a piece of the puzzle. Come on, let's go. Come get a piece of the puzzle. And I want you to carry it back to your seat. Everybody come get a piece of the puzzle. Come get a piece of the puzzle. Come on. I invite you to lift your hands, hold up that puzzle piece, and sing to the Lord with all of your heart. Let's worship together before we leave. mm hey. piece of the puzzle. Everybody got their piece? If you didn't get one, come get one when we close here. Sorry, our elders are already up front, prayer partners. We're going to go ahead and close out. I know we're a little late. Sorry about that, but guys, what an awesome morning. You guys are making a difference. Keep it up. Amen. Hey, if you have a prayer need of any kind, if you rededicate your life to the Lord, if you need healing in your body, if you're believing for a lost loved one, come up and let somebody stand and agree with you as we close this morning.